that in the cross. All right, well, we pick back up in the um, book of Proverbs in our summer series entitled Wise Up after the wonderful week of celebration that we had last week in joint uh, worship and time celebration together. Uh, next Sunday, we'll celebrate Lord's Supper. And then, Lord willing, on uh, September 1st, which is Labor Day weekend, we'll wrap up the study of the book of Proverbs as we're going to talk about what uh, words of wisdom Solomon has to say to us about work and rest and about uh, the difference between somebody who's prudent and somebody who's lazy and outcome in their life. But today we're going to hear the words of wisdom that Solomon has to say to us about choosing significance over success. Now both of those, you, if you're reading through uh, the book of Proverbs, I think you would see that both of those are, are, are woven into the writings of Proverbs. They're part of this wisdom that Solomon gives to us. He talks about success. He talks about significance in different ways. But what we want to choose today is significance over success. Now, you have to also realize that the, the book of Proverbs is not just another self-help book. Sometimes you might read through that and you think, well, all i got to do is just read these Proverbs and then I can, I can memorize them or I can just apply them to my life and everything's going to go well. Well, it, it doesn't work that way. These, these are Holy Spirit-inspired words of wisdom from Solomon. And it's more than just good advice and life lessons, but it's how God works through all of that to bring about the wisdom he wants to impart to us in our life and then how we live that life of wisdom. So it's a vision of true wisdom that calls us to be students of life that we, we, because we're all challenged no matter where we are in, in, in the aging process in life uh, to continue to grow and mature and develop in this wisdom of God. And then we are called to live that decision of faith out in a community uh, where we are called upon with others around us to support us, encourage us, uh, maybe to give us some reprimand or sometimes whatever we might need. And so for that reason, we need to understand that the book of Proverbs is a book of principles, uh, but it does not give us necessarily promises by which we can live. It's a book of premises, but, but, but principles, but yet it's still attributed to the wisdom of God as to how he decides what we do and what we do not do. We can't predict life. We can't control how life will turn out. Now, there are two main themes of, uh, all the way through the book of Proverbs. And you think, okay, we're in the next to the last sermon. But I think we did bring this out earlier. That the first theme is about, is about the fear of the Lord. And that the fear of the Lord brings about wisdom. In fact, the book of Proverbs opens with the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And then you go to Proverbs 31 and that wonderful uh, tribute to the, that, that remarkable uh, woman of faith, the woman of virtue. And we find out that then she is a woman who fears the Lord. And so that fearing the Lord concept gives to us that sense of wisdom that we understand God. And that there's two types of fear. We're afraid of him because of his holiness and righteousness and who he is. And then at the same time, there's that fear in which we stand in awe of him. Then the second theme is through the book of Proverbs. is about character formation that leads to faithfulness. See, Proverbs, if, if nothing else, zeroes in on the choices that we face. And in recommending one way or another, it describes the kinds of persons that we can become and that we ought to be. 
So the Proverbs don't necessarily give directions as to what to do in every situation, but they present to us the options as to how to develop character traits that then allow us to have the wisdom to make the right decisions in life. I think the virtues of all these Proverbs could be summarized in one word, and that is faithfulness. And throughout the Bible, we are called as believers in God and followers of Jesus Christ to be faithful. In the Old Testament, we're called to be faithful in obedience to the commandments. In the New Testament, we're called to be faithful to the imitation of Jesus Christ, growing to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Jesus Christ. In Proverbs, faithful people fear the Lord, and they consider the effects that their life has in the community in which they live. And that leads us to the scripture that we have for today, Proverbs chapter 14, verse 8. simply says this, The wisdom of the prudent, that is the wise person, is to give thought to their ways. So it says if you're wise and you're applying the wisdom that you get from the fear of God, then you're going to start applying thought. It's a how you live. The wisdom of the smart person is to give thought to their ways, but the folly of fools is deception. In other words, a fool doesn't plan, doesn't think about the character traits involved in living for the glory of God, doesn't think about the decisions about life, doesn't think about significance over success. So I think it all boils down to this life of significance. We're really asking the question, you know, what do you want your legacy to be? What do you want your legacy to be? How will you be remembered when your time on earth is over? Or will you be remembered at all? And will you have influenced anyone for the kingdom of God? Now, when you start thinking about planning your life, there are two extremes that you need to avoid. The first is to spend your whole life focused on the future to the extent that you miss out on the significance of today. And there are people who live that way. They can't focus on anything around them today. They're just so future-oriented, just thinking about what tomorrow and the future will bring. The other mistake is on the other end of that spectrum, and that is to be living only for today with total disregard for the future. See, we need to be living today mindful of the fact that one day we're going to die, and there's going to be an eternity. Where will we spend that eternity? How will we be prepared for the future that is before us? And so wisdom tells us there's a happy medium, a balance that can be achieved. And that is that we live today like it matters for all eternity because it does. Every day we live has eternal significance. What you do today, what you do tomorrow, will make a difference in how you perceive the value of your life when your time on earth is over. So consider the scripture for today, the wisdom of the prudent is to give thought to their ways, but the folly of fools is deception. So what I want to do is to give you three ways, suggest three ways in which you can give thought to how to live a life of significance. The first one is decide the kind of person you want to be and do something every day to make it a reality. Decide the kind of person you want to be and do something every day to make it a reality. What kind of person do you want to be? See, if someone were to speak at your funeral, 
What would you want them to say about you? What would you want them to say about you? I thought about that, so I sent out an email to the staff this week. And I said, I want a little help on the sermon for Sunday. Think about your funeral and the friends who would speak at your funeral. What would you want them to say about your life? What would you want them to say about your character and your integrity? And those are some of the answers that I got. Okay, and I told them that I would keep it anonymous. You might be able to figure out who some of them are. Okay. It says, I would want my friends to say that I love Jesus, and by being friends with me, it made them love Jesus more than when I was with them, it always made them smile. And then, then this person said, and you have my permission to say that at my funeral. Uh, I hope I'm long gone before that takes place. Um, his love for God was evident in the way he fulfilled his role as a husband, father, and pastor. Another one responded by saying, uh, I think the most important superlative would be that I was a wonderful husband and dad. Another person just put it in one word, genuine. That's a good way to be remembered, is to be genuine. Another one said simply, he was a godly man. That's a brief but remarkable epitaph, isn't it? He was a godly man. Another member of the staff said, I would want to be described as a loyal friend who always found ways to be intentional. That's pretty good. Another one said, I'd like to be remembered by, he gave his life in service to the Lord and to the church. Another one said, he was an honest man who served God, loved his family, and cared for those around him. And then one other one said, she was a kind and loving person. Now, I think they put some thought into what they would want to be said about their life. And I think as I looked over those and, and know the people who responded, I think I know them fairly well because I think those were honest answers from their heart. So here's the bottom line to you. How would you answer that question? How would you answer that question as to what people would say about you? How, what would you want them to say? And then what are you doing to make that a reality that they can say that about you? In other words, what, what values are most important to you and how do you live them every day? Let me give you an example of how one lived out that. Look at the writings of the Apostle Paul. We know about his dramatic transformation, radical transformation on the road to Damascus. Then we see how, how he was just simply on fire for God from that moment he was converted. He preached the gospel to the Gentiles. God had chosen him to be a light to the Gentiles and to take the message to the Gentiles. He was a church planner. He was a missionary. He was a, he was a, a Christian writer and author. Most of the New Testament we have, a majority of it comes from the writings of the Apostle Paul. He was one who placed a great deal of importance on the consistency and faithfulness of a life lived for the glory of God. Near the end of his ministry, he wrote these words in 2 Timothy. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. So he, he was concerned about being faithful to the end. And it started earlier in his life. In the book of Acts, when he's given a testimony, we hear him say, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. So at the beginning of his ministry, he said, I want to be faithful at the end. As he approaches the end of his life, he looks back and he says, I have been faithful. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. So I think if you were to ask the Apostle Paul the question, what do you want to be true about you? He would say, I want to be faithful 
to the very end. And did he make that happen? Absolutely, he did. And the point he's making is, in order to be found faithful at the end of his race, he had to be faithful today. He had to be faithful every day. And he lived every day as if it had eternal significance. Because it does. Now, do you want to live a life of significance? That's the question for you today. If you want to live a life of significance, then do something significant today. If you want to be generous, then do something generous today. If you want to be known as a kind person, then do a kind act today. So whatever you want to be true about you, then do something every day that will make it a reality. And here's where I want to give you a challenge. When you go home today, I want you to think about your life and what it means to live a life of significance. And I want you to write down the three most important character qualities that you would like to develop in your life. And then over the next month, I want you to do at least one thing every day that will move you in a direction of making that character quality a reality in your life. Now, that's a challenge for you. If you want to live a life of significance, you've got to decide now what you want in your life, what you want your life to look like. And then every day, until the Lord calls you home, you have to do something about that to make it a reality. People who live lives of significance, they do that because they plan to do that. Proverbs 14, 15 says, a prudent man gives thought to his steps. That is, a wise person gives thought to his steps, how he's going to live each day. That's choosing significance over success. So decide what you want your life to be and do something about it every day to make it a reality. Number two, focus on what you want to give rather than what you want to get. Focus on what you want to give rather than what you can get. We know in our culture today, the bottom line, when there's an opportunity of any sort presented to you is what? You want to ask, what's in it for me? We always want to know that. What's in it for me? Why should I buy into this? You know, you present the gospel to a friend. And their question has got to be, whether they actually verbalize it or whether they just think it's got to be, okay, what's in it for me? You got a job opportunity that comes. You always, you got to ask, what's in it for me? Some other opportunity comes up in life. What's in it for me? So when we're talking about a life of significance, you say, well, what, what's in it for me? We think about what do I get out of this? If you really want to live a life of significance, think about what you can give rather than what you can get. I think part of the culture that has shaped our thinking today is a sense of entitlement, that somehow I am owed something by the society in which I live. Perhaps we need to be reminded of John F. Kennedy's most profound words when he said, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. See, it's not necessarily what you get, but it's what you can give that makes your life significant. I remember as a young boy being in a workplace somewhere, and I saw a sign that, that evidently the workers had, had put there to inspire them to diligence. It simply said, 
if you think the world owes you a living, hustle out and collect it. And those words have driven me throughout all of my life to say, I don't want anything given to me. I want to earn it. And I don't want to live life as a taker. I want to be a giver. And I have tried to live a life of significance with that challenge and the challenge of other people around me and the challenge of the words of Scripture. A life of significance is lived with the concept in mind that this world owes you nothing. God owes you nothing. That might come as a surprise to you. And a life lived in significance is a life that says it's not what I'm owed and what I can get, but what I can give. If you've ever been to a kind of a motivational conference that's where you where you are supposed to be inspired to achieve more so you can reach a level of success you've never had before. One of the ways that they get you to think that way is in a positive phrase of stating in an affirmation what you hope to achieve. So in other words, you are saying what you've already achieved is what you hope to achieve. Like, I, I, may, I am making over 100000 a year. I am driving a new Mercedes. I am now an honor student. I am now a, a super athlete. I am a supervisor of a department at the place where I work. Now, the main problem with that kind of thinking is the entire focus is once again on what you get. And there's a big difference between having things and living a life of significance. So try a different approach. Instead of setting a goal for how much money you will get, set a goal for how much money you will give. Instead of setting a goal for a certain promotion, set a goal for what you can do today and tomorrow to make yourself a more valuable employee of the team that you are assigned to. See, the difference, it's a matter of focus. You want to spend your life on significant things, not on worldly things. The Bible says in Proverbs 11.4, Wealth is worthless in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. Now what's Solomon saying in those words? What's the wisdom of that? He's reminding us that what you do is more important than what you have. It's your accomplishments, not your acquisitions, that give your life significance. The principle is this, to live a life of significance, do what you love. Success, rewards, money, promotions, they may or they may not happen. That's up to God. But you live your life doing what you love to do with an attitude of giving rather than getting. And I think your life will be better because you'll live a life of significance. You'll be accomplishing things for the glory of God when you've committed your life to him and you've committed to follow after him. Proverbs 11, 23 reminds us of that. It says, the desire of the righteous ends only in good. Isn't that a great promise? The desire of the righteous ends only in good. Commit your life to God and he will reveal what he can accomplish in your life. Now here's the third thing. Look for eternal significance in all that you do. Look for eternal significance in all that you do. There's an old story. You've probably heard it, but it still motivates me. There are three guys working. And a man asked him to the first guy, said, what are you doing? And he says, I'm laying bricks. 
He asked the second guy, what are you doing? And he says, I'm making $17.50 an hour. He asked the third guy, what are you doing? And he says, I'm building a cathedral to the glory of God. All three men on the same job site doing the same thing. But the difference in their answer was their perspective and their focus on life. It's a reminder to us that every day matters. The details of your life might seem to be mundane and routine, but they are filled with eternal significance. Look for meaning in the little things in life that can have lasting impact. You want a great example of that? Read the Gospels and look at the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. Every opportunity with his disciples was a teachable moment. Nothing was wasted. They sat together at a meal and he was able to teach them about humility and where you sit at the table. They were sitting at a table with a meal and a woman comes and anoints his feet and he was able to teach them about humility and about life and offered them a life-changing experience. He walked with them beside the Sea of Galilee and he taught them about faith and about being the fishers of men. There were no throwaway moments in his life. There was a sense of urgency by which he lived. And look at all that he compressed into three and a half years of ministry. Fantastic. He lived that way because he knew every day matters. Look for eternal significance in all you do. Proverbs 21.21 says, He who pursues righteousness and love finds life, prosperity, and honor. He who pursues righteousness and love finds life, prosperity, and honor. You know, the, the summer has just basically flown by. A lot of kids got taken back to school this year, back to college, and some of them are going back this week. And I think most everybody will be in school uh, by Wednesday, whether you're in a local public school or whether you're homeschooled or in a private school. I think most everybody will be back in school. won't be long before it will be state fair time. And one of the things that always amazes me is the absolute remarkable skill of the artist who take that dump truck load of sand and by very tedious work, days upon days and hours upon hours, they shape fantastic works of art out about that sand. You've seen the sand display at, at the State Fair, right? Wonderful, isn't it? But I've always thought about this fact. All the effort that they put into that, at the end of the state fair, what happens to it? They just come in there with a front end loader, they scoop that thing up, and I guess they just take it out and find the biggest hole they can find, and they dump it in there. And it's gone. All of that, all of that effort put into nothing. You can't say that. If you and your family have spent any time at the beach this summer, maybe you built sandcastles just to watch them get destroyed when the tide came in. It's an example of the fact that some people live life of success and they don't plan for the future. They don't live for eternity. They don't see the eternal moment. They don't see the eternal consequences. They don't live for significance. And what they've built in this world is simply just washed away or thrown away at the end of life. But Solomon's words of wisdom teach us that if we apply our life to significance then, we live a life for eternity that has eternal consequences, both for those around us and for us as we live our life. 
So the challenge is that your life does not have to be boring, dull, routine. Because every moment is an eternal, significant moment. You can live a life of sacrifice. You can live a life of eternal significance. When you seek to commit your life to the fear of God, that wisdom, and you seek to develop the character trait of faithfulness to the very end, then your life will be lived with eternal significance. Let's pray. Father, once again we thank you for the, for the wonderful wisdom that you imparted to Solomon as he asked for that above anything else. And that you granted that to him. And he now has imparted that to us. And we're the beneficiaries of that today. Father, as we look at our lives, help us to decide what we want to be. And help us to build on those traits every day. Help us to live a life of significance for your glory. And for our benefit in eternity. Father, we pray that as we make decisions day by day. That will honor your name. Give glory and honor to your kingdom. And will be in obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. For it's in his name that we pray. Amen.